Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, Donnie Blanchard, brought to you in part by GAF, the world's largest roofing manufacturer. We protect what matters most. And Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply in Raleigh, a roofing supplier with a different approach. And goodbye hot weather. Well, at least hopefully goodbye to hot weather. And welcome to another edition of the Carolina Contractor Show as August is pretty much in the rear view mirror. My name is Eric Smith. Across from me, General Contractor, Donnie Blanchard. And I guess you're somebody that is glad to see the heat disappear soon, right? Absolutely. I go through about three or four t-shirts a day during this time of year and uh, (laughs) heavy on the laundry. So what are we going to be talking about on the Carolina Contractor Show? Not just the heat, but we're going to be talking about your house, the inside, the outside, the walls, the roof, underneath, uh, in between the walls, maybe. we got a lot of subjects we cover on a weekly basis, and you can start at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, and get an idea of what we talk about. And you can also listen to past shows from the website. You have a question for Donnie. Again, he's a general contractor. There's a little button there called Ask the Contractor. Click on that, submit your information, and you can uh, have Donnie contact contact you. Maybe he'll send you email or sometimes we answer questions on the show. And speaking of uh, past shows, mm-hmm. you got some interesting emails right. and you wanted to talk about that. I did. Um, we got probably more positive feedback than we've had on any other show this past week after our show aired on Saturday. Everybody seemed to have a question regarding remodeling and a lot of the questions that came in were asking for referrals on subcontractors. So I wanted to just put it out there that if you need a subcontractor or a reference on a sub, we always said, hey, call the inspections department that's local to you and uh, they'll usually be a good place to start, but I don't mind answering those questions either and just want to put a disclaimer out there. If you don't pay these guys, I can't say what might happen afterwards, so they're typical construction guys. A laborer is worth his wages, That's as it. they like to say. Also, we got construction news. Last week, we we're talking about it, how the downtrend of lumber prices has yep. been huge, but inventory is an issue, but you put up again on the Facebook site some new information. What's that? Yes, actually uh, July's numbers came in and inventory was up 8% in July. The average price of a house went from 363000 down to three hundred and fifty nine, and that's not a big decrease, but it's something. And it says that we're trending in the right direction for leveling this thing out. The reality check there is that last July, housing prices were down 18% mm-hmm. from what they are now. So, you know, a 20% jump in a year is a really big deal. So we're still higher than what anybody anticipated a year ago. Again, if you go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, you can click on the Facebook post that Donnie has put up there and also check out the other information. Now we have a guest today who failed once again to bring snacks and uh, <laughs> mineral waters for us. But he's been here before. But, Donnie, I'm going to let you introduce the man. Sure. We're bringing back our, I guess we'll call him our resident inspector. He Mm -hmm. was on about a year and a half ago and uh, just did a really great show with us. With all these uh, questions coming in regarding remodeling and new construction, I thought we may be wise to talk about the first part of that process, which is a permit. And uh, while most people think you may or may not need those, you know, there are a lot of ins and outs and things to be prepared for when you go fill out that paperwork. But today we brought in a level three director of inspections at our local municipality, Jim Lloyd. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, Donnie, thanks for having me back again. Clarify what level three means from an inspector standpoint. So there are three levels of inspectors, and it's building, mechanical, plumbing, and electrical, and also fire. Each level allows you to do a larger building with more stories. Right. So a level three inspector will be unlimited. Gotcha. One of your partners in the inspections department, Kevin, is Kevin level three as well, or is he level two? Kevin is currently a level two inspector. That's the certificates that he holds, although he does have his level three probationary, which you have to hold for a certain amount of time and get some more education before you can sit for that exam. Awesome. Does Kevin have to train under a level three or how does that work? Correct. 
he had to have so many inspections in. There's a whole process. All right. Well, let's start off this with the big question I have is just the average Joe. Why do you even need a permit? The way that I would answer that first and foremost is it's life safety issues. If people are going to be sleeping there, is it going to be safe? Is it going to fall down? Mm -hmm. You know, what we want to look at is first and foremost, is it safe? And then past that, if something goes wrong, can people safely get out? Can they be alerted to get out? Mm -hmm. You have dead load and live loads in construction. The dead loads are the stuff that's permanently there. Okay. That's going to be your flooring, your cabinets, and your stuff like that. And your mother-in-law. Exactly. She won't now, leave. The mother-in-law <laughs> will be considered a live load. Okay. You know, things that come and go, a piece of furniture that may be there briefly. Mm-hmm. You know, but the structure has to be designed to hold all these things. And a lot of times, not getting a permit, you can have deficiencies and things not stand up like they should, per se. What's the legal ramifications or advantages maybe for a permit and getting things permitted correctly? Well, the reason that you want to get a permit is because it, be, it creates a legal document that goes to the county tax office. Okay. So down the road, when you're ready to move on and sell that piece of property, the tax record represents what's actually there. Uh, we've seen some nightmares where somebody tried to sell a house for that's 2,500 square foot now, but when it was originally built, it was 2,000. Oh, so they and added that, like a room or a sunroom or exactly, something. Okay. Exactly. And then the banks don't like that. Mm-mm. And that causes all kinds of problems. So now you're going back to the inspection department after the fact. And that can be a long, lengthy, and ex- very expensive process. So would you guys just make them cut out walls and so you could see what you needed to to make sure it was up to par for what's current code? Yeah. It, a lot of it depends on what it is, uh-huh. you know, the type of foundation it's built on. But at the end of the day, we have to verify that it is safe. Mm. So sometimes you'll have to get a structural engineer involved on right. that aspect of it, and that's on their dime. Gotcha. What I always tell people, and they say, hey, I want to do this, but I don't want to get a permit. And I'm thinking to myself, a permit is a no-brainer because it covers my rear end and it covers theirs, and they just don't realize it. But I tell them that uh, the local municipalities usually have somebody that monitors satellite imagery so that they'll notice if you mm-hmm. add something without it. And, you know, if you get caught, it's a big penalty. Those things get found by the normally our zoning officers mm-hmm. and complaints. Mm. Majority of them are complaints. My neighbor doing this. They Snitches. don't have a permit. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And and we had a situation recently with a plumber where just that happened. Somebody snitched on them. Mm-hmm. And if we get a complaint, we have to investigate it. Now, in this particular case, the plumber had no wrongdoing. He was not required to have a permit for what he was doing. But nonetheless, we have to go in. What did you do? Investigate everything. And then, you know. Give them the, you're fine. Sorry to have wasted your time, but all complaints get investigated. Mm-hmm. What are some of the examples of when you need to go get a permit? Well, what I'd like to tell people is contact your local jurisdiction, your local inspection department, mm-hmm. and just ask. There's state statute that say this, this, and this has to be permitted. And it's right. mainly talking about structural. Anytime you do anything structural, that's going to be a permit. Okay. If you're changing the footprint, which would also be you know a structural that would need a permit. The thing that may not need a permit is if you have an existing deck and the deck board that you walk on, you know, have just gotten rotted and just cruddy looking and you just say you want to put the, what is it, Tex? Trex. Trex. Composite. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you want to put a composite decking down. That wouldn't need a permit for the deck board you physically walk on. 
But then if you go up and do the guardrail that goes all the way around the deck with the pickets, even though people would view that as a non-structural issue, it actually is because it's required to withstand 200 pounds of pressure. Leaning against Per leaner foot. So, you know, that's why it's good to ask because you could be doing your decking and the railing and think, well, it's not structural. I don't have to do it. Right. And somebody comes over and leans on the railing and falls. So if you had a deck and you wanted to put new boards down and you also had a railing, it would be perfectly okay to get rid of the railing and make the whole thing just a step down if you wanted to. That wouldn't require a permit. Well, if it's over 30, 30 inches yeah. thirty inches or above, it has to have a guardrail. So oh, okay. If your yard falls and tapers down, so one end of the deck is pretty close to the ground, but the other is uh, 36, you know, you have to have a rail all the way around it. And when to comment on what you said, um, I'm careful not to tell people like for like, I always say structural, you know, you need a permit for anything structural. And with that deck board, that's a match. It's like for like, you're taking yeah. one up, mm-hmm. one five quarter board up, putting Absolutely. one five quarter back. But um that doesn't apply when you get to the vertical handrails and balusters. No, no, because that would be considered a structural. Gotcha. Element. And people are always intimidated when I say, hey, we'll call the municipality. This, I just don't know who to ask for, and I don't know the right questions to ask. And I'm like, well, just tell them your name's Eric Smith. They'll never know. And if they ask you for your address, just give them a, mm-hmm. a neighbor. You know, they'll give never the address know. address for Sure Top Roofing. You want to play this game, Donnie? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so let's say we're going to go on. We'll use the example of uh, we're going to add a sunroom to, to a house. And the person says, I want to make sure I do this right. I'm going to get a permit. What do I need to do to get a permit and get started on this? Well, the first thing that needs to be known is, are you in the city limits on well and, or are you on well and septic? So okay. do you have city water or well and septic? If you have well and septic, your first stop is going to be the health department. You have to t- say to them, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. They will give you an approval. Mm-hmm. You bring that approval letter and you submit that with your application for a permit. More specifically, oh. environmental health would be the, the what you would look up, or is it different uh, in your municipality? So where we're located, environmental health is going to look at where you're putting the addition, what what the addition will be used for right. in relationship to the location of your septic field right. and the size of your septic field. Right. And septic fields go by what number of bedrooms, right? Uh, I believe so. That's a linear footage of the lateral lines. Right. Is there certain paperwork you're going to need to have on hand to describe the work you're doing? What are those some of the examples of stuff that someone would need to bring to get that permit? If you're looking, if, let's go with the sunroom. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're going to have, you know, probably three walls and roof system. Okay. What we're going to need to see is first and foremost, the foundation is going to be on slab. Is it going to be on foundation? Okay. How that's going to be done? You know, the whip. And depth of the footing, if it's or if it's going to be a monolithic slab, which is the footing kind of turns into the slab. Okay. A lot of times that's what you'll see in a sunroom. So then are there prefab walls? You're going to build the walls and then you get into the roof system. Is it going to be a stick built roof? Meaning you're going to be up there one at a time installing them or are you going to get a truss system, mm-hmm. which is an engineer product that's going to be delivered. Then you just set them and nail them, you know, and then on into what type of shingles you're going to have. Uh, who's going to do the electrical work? Right. Are you going to have any mechanical work in there? Are you going to have a bar? Are you going to have any plumbing? A really good detailed of what exactly the room is going to have in it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we recently in my municipality started using an online portal for submittal of permits. Okay. And it has been great 
because all this information I'm talking about that they're writing down on the application, one of my ladies has to then enter all that again, which is time. So by them entering it themselves, it saves us right there. Right. But it's a back and forth. Right. So they, they submit it and then me or Kevin or, you know, or another inspector would pull it and we would look and say, okay, well, it's missing this, or they didn't tell us how they were strapping this or, and then we go back and forth and Mm -hmm. it's generally through email. Right. Um, And that's one thing that, that I like to bring up to people when they ask me in other jurisdictions, Mm -hmm. you know, Hey, what this guy number, can I call him? And I say, you know, it'd really be better just email him. Mm -hmm. I know I appreciate emails, Mm -hmm. right. You know, because I'm out in the field a lot and I hate coming back to the office and having five voicemails because I'm going to call them and two of them aren't going to answer. And I'm going to be talking to the other ones and they're going to leave another one. It's just fun tag. Yeah. So I appreciate emails and people can ask their questions and you respond with an answer. Right. And sometimes you get back. Well, I don't really know what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a back and forth, but it's something they can go back to. Mm-hmm. Did that yep. inspector say this? I'm trying to remember. Yep. Or if it's an email, they can pull it back up. Right. Exactly. Just to unfold a scenario, um, if you live in the county where, so that you have a well and a septic tank, and we talked about going through environmental health first, if somebody wants to do that sunroom you mentioned, the best way they could get started without spending any unnecessary money, I don't know that they necessarily have to have a, a plan drawn for that. So when you go to the architect and he does a plan or an engineer and they mm-hmm. do the plan, and if environmental health says, no, you know that violates a setback at the rear of your property, or you know that's going to be too close, it's going to encroach on the septic field. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be wise for people to go to environmental health before having a plan drawn or anything? And uh, yes. on that yes. same note, if they live in the city and they're on city water, city sewer, they would have to do that before contacting you, right? Or maybe they could just give you a simple sketch on maybe a, a GIS map or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the initial, does this work, can I do it, mm-hmm. I think is what we're talking about yes. here. So you can reach out to the inspection department, mm-hmm. which will then push you to the planning department. Right. The planning department is going to be the one to say the setback, yes, uh, side and rear is this, right? You know, well, I want to build an addition that this side is not going to fit. Mm. So you have to make that decision. <clears throat> Do you want to make it smaller, or just you know, abort the whole, yeah, room addition? Just wanted to put that out there because if uh, judging by all the questions we got about remodeling and additions last week, I know a lot that's on a lot of people's mind and. I, you know, to keep them from spending unnecessary money, I wanted to say that, you know, here in the county, definitely hit environmental health first. It could save you big bucks. I got one other question that just kind of popped in my brain. HOAs. So you can have uh, an HOA that has restrictions on what you can build, how high, how wide, whatever. Do inspectors, do they enforce those? No, we do not. Sometimes you'll have a special circumstance mm-hmm. where you'll have like a plan unified development that may have restrictions on certain things, but a true homeowners association mm-hmm. that says, if you build a storage building, it has to be brick. Mm-hmm. We don't, we do not enforce that. And we've actually had a scenario where it was just a storage building. Mm-hmm. It was put in like every other storage building. It was a offsite built. They brought it in, they strapped it down, do what they're supposed to do. Right. And then uh, HOA is like, that's got to be 10 feet from the property line. Well, for us, it's only got to be five. Well, a past inspection, well, I right. don't really care that it passed inspection. Here, you signed up. That's right. It's got to be 10 feet. So, 
I never understood moving to an HOA and then complaining about the rules of the HOA. <laughs> right. Those restrictive covenants are a bit ridiculous sometimes, and uh, it makes me thankful I live in the country. As far as somebody building a new construction, single-family, residential, do you recommend folks just to buy the plans online, or do you think it's a better idea for them to go through a local architect or engineer? I think it's a personal preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times you'll see people that will find a house plan they really like online, right? and they'll take that to a local architect or engineer and have it tweaked. Gotcha. My, my dad being a footing subcontractor, one thing we see oftentimes is that people buy that $1,200 plan online, and those plans are designed to be built anywhere in the country. So. Uh, the piers or the uh, footing support structures that are in the uh, middle of the the house, those things are often oversized uh, on purpose just as a fail-safe. And if you can take that to a local structural engineer, they can eliminate all the unnecessary piers. And for our area, we don't need the same amount of piers as, say, they would in Florida. So uh, basically, he'll redesign the foundation plan, and it could save you thousands upon thousands in concrete on just that alone. Now, is there a price that you have to consider that would require you to get a permit, like if you're spending 500 bucks to modify your house versus tens of thousands? So the state of North Carolina had different thresholds, and right now I believe it's $15,000. So there are things that you can do so long as you don't pass that $15,000 threshold that may not require a permit, like redoing carpeting, putting in hardwoods, mm-hmm. you know, non-structural elements like that. And again, I keep going back to because it's so important, you know, Reach out to the local inspection department through email and just say, I want to do this. The cost is going to be this. Do I need a permit? Gotcha. So let me get this straight. Anything under 15000 doesn't require a permit unless it's structural. And then my threshold is 30000 So with uh, you need a general contractor on any project over 30000 Correct. So what happens between fifteen and thirty? dollars Well, so any homeowner through state statute can mm-hmm. act as their own own contractor. Uh Hmm. Now they have to uh, sign a homeowner affidavit stating that they do in fact own the home and that they will continue to live in the home for a year after construction. Do you guys frown on that? Well, it's, you know, you're going to have to babysit a little closer. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's a lot of times what happens, right? You know, once in a while you get, you know, someone that comes in and they are their own contractor and, and you wouldn't know any different. Right, You know, somebody that maybe been in the business and okay. was a framer or worked for a builder for years and years and years. But there are those ones that, as I said with the email, I mean, it's endless, you know, and, and question after question after question. And, and that's fine because we want it right. But the problem comes a lot of times on the inspections. No different than Donnie, a licensed contractor. They have to meet the same codes and regulations. And that's where it can get a little long in the tooth. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you give them a list, they repair it. Something they don't repair right. You know, and most inspection departments, just the way they're set up, their inspection software, I go out that second time. If it fails, you automatically get in a reinspection fee. And oh, those yeah. can add up. Absolutely. And side note for that is I think the days are long gone where banks will actually loan money to people to be their own contractor. I know of one single small bank and – uh, they recently loaned half million dollars to, to somebody, but this guy was very competent and he was able to build his own house and had experience doing so. And uh, I just don't know of any other bank who would say yes to somebody on a construction loan if they didn't have a licensed general contractor. Yeah, and th- and there's other things that come into play too when you try to be your own contractor and you're not in that world. Mm. You know, so what I'm getting at is Donnie's father 
he's going to dig footings for his builders before he's going to come dig one for me right. he don't know. Right. He's going to take care of his regular customers, you know, and then the other thing is price. Mm. And then uh, one thing that I always bring up is with a construction loan, the longer you have the money out, the more interest you're paying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, everybody seemed to think, I'm going to build it myself. I'm going to do it faster. That is never the case that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, do-it-yourselfers take twice as long. Yeah. Jimmy made a good point uh, for something that we've talked about on the show several times. But like he mentioned, uh, I've got these subcontractors that I've had for more than a decade, and I'm going to give them so many jobs per year. So when I call them, they jump. They also know that I know what quality looks like. So I'm going to mm-hmm. critique their work more than the Joe homeowner who wants to do his own house. And um, it's sadly enough to say, but uh, those subcontractors, if they're only going to do one job and that's the last job they'll ever do for you, they're probably not going to charge you the same thing they would uh, their their general contractors that they work for on the regular. Yeah, and, and, and I've, I've had pretty good example of that. Uh, a sheetrock guy that a good friend of mine that's a builder, he uses them on the regular, and this builder is very particular, and his job site is going to be clean when – any sub leaves, mm-hmm. you know, and so I asked him for a friend who's kind of doing it yourself, just a small renovation of a house. Mm-hmm. So I passed the phone number along. Well, I think maybe the contractor thought this guy didn't know what he's looking at, and he's calling me and he's like, you know, there's sheetrock dust everywhere. They didn't clean up and all this other stuff. And, and like Donnie said, I, I think it's a little bit of this guy don't know that we right. have to do that, so yeah. we're not going to do it. Right. What are your opinions on the process of a person getting a permit and dealing with the government? Having been in the industry for so long mm-hmm. and meeting so many contractors, I mean, you become friends, mm-hmm. you know, and I've become someone that people call, you know, and ask opinions just how do I do this or how would you do this? And I, I think that a lot of the bigger jurisdictions could be streamlined better mm-hmm. than they are. That's a good way to word it. You know, but n- not being there, not knowing the day-to-day, I can't really say. Right. Some of the horror stories, that was taking me four months to get a permit for a shed. I mean, to me, that's ridiculous. But, you know – our construction world is busier than it's ever been. Right. And I know other departments have the same staff, if not less. Right, right. You know, so it, you would expect there to be more time in getting the permit, but some of them that I hear about, I just think a little bit longer than it should be. And that's something we'll have to consider when you're you're doing any building project. I mean, it's hard to find a general contractor right. who's available. It takes months yeah. to get one, a builder. So pulling a permit for something you might be perfectly qualified to do yourself at your house as a DIYer, we still need to consider have some patience. It might unfortunately yes. take longer. So it's not necessarily that the the business model of getting a permit is running incorrectly. It's the fact that there's so much construction going on and building and real estate's big that you want to build your deck up with a new railing and get it inspected. It might take a while before you can get that. I would call that uh, red tape. So from my end, it's nothing worse than a municipality that just makes you go through a lot of unnecessary stuff um, where Jimmy, uh, you know, he and Kevin are a great tag team, but 
Jimmy actually will do the plan review, and he'll be the same guy that comes out and does your inspection for you. So I think all that just goes hand in hand for a better experience. Whereas I'm not going to say any names, but um, they, um, you know, you put your plan in there, and and basically there's a guy reviewing your plan who never gets out of the office. Right. You know, he's um, looking at this from from a very black and white standpoint. He's not really trying to work with you because he doesn't know you. You know. Um, and it just seems like the inspector that goes out, maybe one guy uh, for one inspection. And if you call a reinspection in, yep. somebody different might come out. So I just think there's a, even though Jimmy may be overworked sometimes when it gets busy, like he says, I think there's a ton of value in being able to actually speak with him after you have a working relationship. And uh, more so than anything, uh, an inspector that's being, that's willing to work with you, that that's all the difference in the world. And uh, if you live in a smaller municipality, it certainly looks a lot different to go through a project than it does in the big city. Right. Uh, real quick, Jimmy, you got a, anything that you remember or someone tried to pull a permit on that was just weird or pr- crazy? Yeah, I mean, we had a gentleman come in and he pulled a permit to or tried to pull a permit to build his daughter a treehouse. <laughs> I mean, he had this really old oak tree, and it was it was just massive, and didn't really know how to go with that. You know, uh, trees aren't in the building code anywhere, right? And what ended up happening with that is he contracted with a structural engineer, you know, for the build, and it, it, it was one of the more in the county on the outskirts of mm-hmm. our jurisdiction. But uh, it turned out it was beautiful. It was absolutely incredible. <laughs> You'll have to come back on the show when you get your first permit application for a grow room because I think that's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy, thanks for coming in, and uh, we appreciate the insight. Again, we'll have this, the, the information on this show up at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, but it really is something to think about. If you're going to do some work at your house, I did not know about the deck rails. I mm-hmm. We've talked about for years i'm just someday i'll pull the trigger and we're going to redo our deck your but roof I did not is the most important the part of your home make sure you're protected with sure top roofing inspected. we're locally and owned operated and have and i'll put a list together of everything jimmy said so i know we were uh, we Plus, talked about we a lot of different things today but i'll put on our together kind of like a preliminary checklist that you'll need to go through for what you'll need to have before the permit application process gets started visit suretoproofing.com and listen to our weekly radio show as we said the beginning Top roofing. Got a lot of We've got you covered. Contacting Donnie and asking about uh, subs and having them come in and do some remodeling work. Go to the website, click on Ask the Contractor, and if you're looking for a sub, Donnie can do some work for you and recommend somebody. But again, you have to pay them to <laughs> to do the once they do the work. We're not going to take the responsibility of uh, working payrolls. But again, find all that information at the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. And now we're going to hope for September rolls in cooler weather coming, and then we'll talk about stuff you can do at your house in cool weather. But until then, we will see you next week on the Carolina Contractor Show. Thanks for listening to the Carolina Contractor Show, presented by SureTop Roofing. Learn more and submit your questions at thecarolinacontractor.com. Your roof is the most important part of your home. Make sure you're protected with SureTop Roofing. We're locally owned, operated, and have been proudly serving Alamance County for the last decade. Plus, we offer a 50-year warranty on our shingles and 10 years on labor. If you're a veteran, ask us about our Roofs for Troops rebate program. Visit SureTopRoofing.com and listen to our weekly radio show at TheCarolinaContractor.com. SureTop Roofing, we've got you covered.